make sure that you have your own two-pronged approach to yourself, that you're going to have a you know, great voice, have it at the best shape you can and maintain it, take care of it. And also make sure that you have your business stuff together, that you know what you're doing and you have a basic plan. If you're a professional singer, want to know how to turn singing into a career, or simply love to hear stories from singers on the road, then The Working Singer is the podcast for you. I chat with pro singers about how they make a creative living in the music business, lending their talent to stars like Enrique Iglesias, The Killers, Elvis Costello, and more. They share life lessons, business advice, and how they make a living when they're off the road. We'll also discuss vocal health, technique, performance, coaching, and pretty much all things vocal. Elevate your approach to your singing career, get enlightened about what the pros do, and be inspired with new ideas that you can make your own. My name is Jamila Ford, and this is the Working Singer Podcast. Welcome, 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 everybody. Thank you so much for joining me again this week. I have a really, really cool show for you today. But before uh, we get into all of that, I wanted to share the fun thing that I did over the weekend, which was um, I sang in a choir that was led by the fabulous Tim Davis at the Music Hairs event, honoring Dolly Parton as Person of the Year for 2019. And uh, we did a song uh, called Not Enough. Um, so we were the backing choir for Mavis Staples and Leon Bridges, who sang lead on that. I'm a big fan of both Mavis and Leon, so that was a huge, huge honor. And that was so much fun. Um, you know, hanging out with singers all day. You guys are my tribe. I loved it. I made some new friends. Um, we all sang and harmonized spontaneously, which was, <laughs> for me, excellent. I was nerding out on all of that. So it was just fun. It, you know, we all just kind of get each other and we get the life of a singer. We understand each other so well. And I just had some really wonderful conversations. I also got to meet Wendy Wagner, who was a guest on my show last week, who dropped so much knowledge and wisdom. And she is such a wonderful, beautiful soul. If you missed that show, I highly suggest that you um, go back and listen to it. Uh, but that was through the Music Harris Foundation. And if you don't know what that is, it uh, helps musicians, excuse me, in times of financial, personal, or medical crisis. So if you want to know more about it, um, I will leave that um, a link to it in the show notes so that you can learn more about it. Um, but that was fun. That was a fun, fun this weekend. And I hope some of you singers that are listening to this, I hope I get to sing with you someday if I already haven't, because that would be fun and awesome. Um, but today's show, uh, I wanted to do something a little bit different today. Um, our guest is April Kelly, and um, she is a very successful wedding band leader. And she's been doing, um, she's been leading her band called Band of Gold for 20 plus years and she's from New Jersey and has cultivated Band of Gold into the go-to wedding band um, for her area. And so we're going to talk about, um, you know, her band, um, you know, what it takes to be a successful band leader and just a lot of great advice that I think can really just be applied to your singing career, whether you decide to start a wedding band 
or not, or you're you're running one and maybe it's not going so great and you want to you know, kind of take it to the next level, you may just get some fresh ideas about how to do that. I also wanted to do, you know, um, shows like this from time to time that really focus on what we can do to, you know, basically sustain ourselves at home, be professional singers from our hometown. And, um, you know, April's from New Jersey and she's been able to do it from there. You know, sometimes you can't, you don't always want to tour. Sometimes you just can't. You've got family obligations, kids, an ailing parent who needs, um, you know, who needs your help. And so, you know, this, I wanted to do, you know, shows like this from time to time that focus on that person because, you know, at one time or another, you have been that person or you will be that person who simply can't tour or just doesn't want to. And so, you know, we have to be able to do things um, at home that sustain ourselves. So I really, really hope you enjoy this show. April is a total firecracker. I was so inspired by everything that she had to say. I love her energy. Um, and she is just smart. She's organized. And she gives some great tips on being a wonderful band leader. And another thing about April, you know, she's so well versed in um, all things weddings because she's been performing at them for so long and been so involved in the planning that she has a podcast called Wedding Amazing, where she gives wedding planning advice and um, has chats with brides and grooms about how they met, what the proposal was like, and all kinds of details about their weddings. So I've listened to the podcast. I subscribe. It's so much fun. Um, you know, go ahead and listen to that. And there's a ton of great advice, and it's another resource for you. So without further ado, April Kelly. All right, awesome. So let's start from the very beginning. So um, where are you from? Where were you, uh, where were you born? I was born in Staten Island, New York, but I really never lived there. I was just born in the hospital in Staten Island, but I live in Tom's River, New Jersey. I've been here for about 14 years, but I've been a New Jersey resident my entire life. So my whole history is here on the East Coast. Yeah, right outside of New York City. So, you know, we have access to the city, which is great. Um, but I really don't go there very much. I haven't relied on it for my career. So if anybody's worrying that you have to be in New York or California or Nashville to be a singer, I haven't, I've never, I've traveled to those places, but I've never established a career in those cities. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I would imagine New York would be really rough right now, just how expensive it is. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, it's very expensive. It's very fast paced. It's a very different environment. And as a singer, you have to find something that works for you. You know, the mm -hmm. environment that works for you and and go where you can create something that you're going to be comfortable with. Now, myself being in New Jersey, New York City is about an hour and a half away. I could travel to New York to do work, but I didn't want to create a career where I was always traveling. So mm -hmm. I tried to create my career around where I live and established myself there, which gave me the ability to stay home and be a mom and have a family and still have a full-time working situation as a singer. I don't have a day job. It's all I do. Awesome. That's, mm -hmm. you know, that's the dream. That's what you want to do. Yes. Support yourself doing what you love. Yeah, and I do love it. I mean, it's hard work. It really is. It's not something where I can sit down for a week and just expect a paycheck to show up. Mm. You know, you do have to always be mindful that there's work to do and really keep hustling. Even when maybe you don't feel like it, you have to always continue to keep your eye on the awareness of where will my career be and making sure that the money still comes in. So that I think is one of the hardest parts is staying on top of it and making sure that the train is still going because if you don't work, won't come in and you won't work and you'll need to find some other way to support yourself and your family. 
I want to get into your your day to day in a second because I you know I think it's important to um, you know for maybe uh, uh, somebody at the beginning of their career to understand like what it looks like for a working singer to um, kind of generate income and you know make sure you're you're working consistently. Um, but I want to know before we get into that, um, how did music begin for you? I think I always loved music, even from a very young age. My mother had a dancing school and she was a rockette before that. And so music was always in the family. She was dancing, there was music on. And I would sing as a child, you know, just singing in the house. And one day, I might have been about 10 years old, there was a talent show. My grandparents had a house in Pennsylvania and there was a talent show up there. And I said to my mom, I'm going to be in this talent show. And she said, I'll bring your tap shoes, I'll bring your ballet shoes. I'm like, no, I'm going to sing. And she said, you're going to sing? You, you sing? And I won the show. And it was that moment that I realized I loved it. My mother now knew that I could sing. And from there, then it was, you know, I was singing Annie and I was doing as much as I can. Right from that moment on, I've been singing ever since. Oh, that's wonderful. Mm -hmm. So your family was always supportive then? Yeah, they were always supportive and they still are very supportive. They see that I love it and that... I, I really enjoy my life and I enjoy what I'm doing. And I think that's what every parent wants for their child. I mean, they see me going through hard times and I work very hard. Sometimes I work, you know, very late hours and I'm up very early in the morning with the kids. I mean, sometimes it truthfully is not easy. Yeah. But when you do what you love and you're following something that moves you, that's, that's the great payoff. So yeah. dancing was a big part of your life. And then how did music become such a huge part of your life? Yeah, so dancing was always in my body because that was my DNA with my mom. Mm. And when I, after that talent show, my parents were really great in looking around and seeing who do we know that plays an instrument or who do we know that can, you know, support what I was doing. And we found this guy, he was called Bob McCullough. This is going back when I was a kid. Mm. And he made these sheet music for me to go out and perform. It was just, you know, what the chords were and I can bring that those sheets with me and I can perform with anyone with mm. those sheets. And that's what I did. So when I was young, I got a lot of experience in going out to an open mic or going somewhere and just singing. And that is the key to any singer, whether you're 50 years old and you're beginning a career or you're 10, you have to go out and get that experience. You have to have those experience of thing going things going great and you have to have the experience of things going really wrong mm. because when things go wrong, you learn so much for next time. You know, if your mic's not working or the music cuts out or you forget where you are in the song or, mm -hmm. you know, something happens, those experiences are really key to have. You have to have those experiences because you don't want to now get a record contract and get out on the stage for the very first time. And you don't have that awareness of yourself to know what am I going to do if something goes wrong? That's where you learn the most is through the, the issues or the problems. Absolutely. So I did that at a young age. I performed a lot and then I had different recording contracts and I don't know like how many, how much you want me to go on about this because we're talking about many years of a career and many things that I did. So I'll try to mm -hmm. keep it short and then ask me questions, but yeah. I had record contracts. I had songs on the radio. I had a song that uh, was considered freestyle dance music and it was actually on the billboard chart. So it did really well. I traveled all over, <coughs> excuse me. I traveled all over the place and it was a wonderful experience but you know it wasn't for me mm. i didn't enjoy it it wasn't something i wanted to do as a lifelong because what happens with recording contracts is when your song's on the radio you do really well you make a lot of money and mm. when the song comes out of re rotation you're not working 
and you're not going to have downtime until your next record comes out. Mm. And I found that extremely challenging. One month I made $13,000. Mm-hmm. Next month I made nothing. Mm. And I said to myself at the time, I knew I wanted to sing. I knew I did not want to have a day job. And I had to sit with myself and find out how do I create this career with this love that I have and make it actually work. And through all of this, when I was, when I just got out of high school, I started working with different bands and one of the bands was doing clubs and they were also doing weddings. And when I went to these, the work and I was singing at a wedding, I loved it. And I'll tell you why it was four hours. It was the best day of somebody's life. You're dressed up. Everybody's feeling great. It's a huge celebration. It's a wonderful atmosphere. And you go home and you're local. So I didn't have to be on a train, a plane, going here and there. And I was able to create. And then what I did after all that was I gave up my recording contract, even though everybody said that I was crazy. I just knew that it wasn't what I wanted to do. And I started a band. I started my own band. It was very difficult to start. If you want to talk about that, we can. Absolutely. Um, really hard and it took a while and then all of a sudden the band took off and we became the band the band that was the one to book and we did weddings and we were booked every single weekend and now my career was taking off and i had created an ability to make steady steady money Mm -hmm. i was singing I was singing songs that I loved. I was in an atmosphere that I loved. I got to pick my band members. Mm-hmm. And from there, once I established that, I started now doing all the decorative things, recording, trying all different kinds of things mm-hmm. to supplement everything else. Because as a singer, nothing's going to be steady. Even yeah. in having a wedding band, you'll have slow seasons, you'll have busy seasons. You need to fill in the gaps. You also need to plan ahead mm-hmm. so that you know, oh, January and February is going to be really slow for me. I need to make sure that have something in place so when those months come up, I am okay. And that's where the hustle comes in. You know, you're always reinventing or rethinking your strategy for being able to do what you love. Everybody's approach is very, very different. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Those are, that is all, that's so important. Um, I think that's something you don't even think about when you first start singing is the hustle, thinking ahead, and all of it. So this um, band the, that you're talking about is Band of Gold. Your yes. Band, mm-hmm. um, which I think is amazing, you know, and it's one reason I wanted to talk to you because um, weddings are tough. <laughs> it's yep. tough to have one and yep. it's tough to, you know, just like be a part of planning one. So, um, you know, and you said a, a bit about how it started and then how did you, um, I guess, get your band together, choose your band members, you know, make sure you're getting the right people together. Um, That's a great question because that is really important. If you're going to start a band, I had this philosophy. I know I wanted talented players, but more than that, I wanted people that I enjoyed being around because when you have a band, you are with the band all the time. You know, the shows, the hard shows, the difficult load-ins, the difficult clients, all of that, you're together. And you want to make sure that as a band, you get along great. So when I was looking for members of the band, when I interviewed, I focused on their personality first because I knew that was the most important component. You can have a guy that's talented and plays amazing guitar, but he's really difficult to work with. And he, maybe he likes getting there at the last minute, or maybe he doesn't like doing his homework. Well, what good is his talent if he's not going to contribute to the overall well-being of the band? So you must pick people that are going to have the passion and the heart for their job 
So that's how, that's really how I did it. I put ads out in basic local musician papers when I first started. I also word of mouth, hey, do you know anyone? But because I was beginning and I was new, anyone that was seasoned didn't want any part of what I was doing because I had no work. So yeah. I had to, again, with the people that were passionate, was I gathered a group of people and I said to them, look, this is my vision. This is where I mm -hmm. see this band in a year from now. And this is how I want to do it. And I would explain to them my strategy, how we were going to get work, how we were going to showcase. And I looked for their response that they were excited by the vision and they wanted to be a part of that vision. And when yeah. somebody would come to for the interview and they'd be like, well, how much work do you have and how much does it make? That wasn't necessarily what I was looking for because I needed people that cared about the project. I cannot stress to you that enough. And so with that, mm -hmm. we created a great band of people that were excited about the destiny and our goals. And with that, everybody came to the job present, accounted for, and with their passion and ready to do yeah. it. Now, yeah. as a band leader, I didn't have to worry about somebody being late, unprepared, giving me a problem. I didn't worry about any of that because I already knew these were great people that really cared. If you, right. in any line of business, even aside from music, if you pick somebody that really cares about what they do, there's yeah. a really good chance they're going to do a great job because they, they give it, they care. Yeah. Same yeah. thing with the band members. So now I was able to, as a band leader, to focus on the business. I was able to focus on the music. I was able to focus on the client and I was not focusing on keeping the band managed. Yeah. I didn't have to do that because I picked people that were very responsible. I think that was one of the smartest things I ever did with the band. And in addition, now that the band's been together so many years, we've done 2,500 weddings, is every single person that's in the band is responsible for themselves. So if the, if the drummer needs a night off, the drummer finds another drummer, trains that drummer, gives the drummer the information of what he needs to show up to that gig. And now me as a band leader, I didn't have to do any of that. Because I hired a guy that was responsible for his job, took care of it, and now I was able to stay focused on the client, stay focused on the job at hand. And I think that's mm -hmm. really led to the success of the band for all of these years was that, you know, that philosophy of making sure that you all click. And over the 25 years, we've really never had any drama. I mean, now, now and then, you know, somebody get in a bad mood, but it's never anything that was... Uh, that stifled the band in any way because again that person's root core had a passion for what they were doing and cared about it so yeah. everybody always had their eye on the same goal and I think that really mattered um, you also touched upon you know weddings being difficult and again yeah. having the right people for the job is important because we are dealing with various personalities and just knowing that with the band you know, that the brides can be very difficult to deal with at times, but it makes it somewhat easy for me to deal with it because, again, I love what I do. Mm -hmm. I love that I get to go out and sing. I love that, you know, I get to perform with my band, which I feel is one of the greatest experiences ever. Yeah. So you take those difficulties with being self-employed and you take those difficulties with being a singer and you know there's always going to be a trade-off nothing's going to be easy. I mean, there's sometimes you go, and this is not just with a wedding band or a club band, it's with any band. You go, you load in, you got to go through the tunnel, you got to go up the elevator, you got to go across the hallway, then you got to go park your car five miles away, then you got to come back. Yeah, being an artist is very difficult at times. Yeah. But again, and again, and again, if you love what you do, 
And if you love being a singer and you want to do it, there are ways to do it. You just have to be resourceful and look for places for you. Look for what, if you like to sing in church, well, then a wedding band wouldn't be for you. So you have to find something that resonates with you. Absolutely. And follow that. Absolutely. Yeah, it will come through. I mean, if it doesn't resonate with you and you're just doing it anyway, then it's just going to, um, you know, it'll come, it'll affect your performance. It won't be a good time for anybody. It'll be half-hearted and that's really no way to, you know, go forward with things. But let me- Yeah, it won't sustain. It won't sustain itself. I mean, you can't keep a band together if people are unhappy or you can't stay being a self-employed singer if you don't enjoy it. And that's something that, you know, people say, oh, I want to be a singer. It's so glorious and it's, you know, so wonderful. But the truth is, and, and this podcast will expose it, I mean, it's just, it's not all glory and it's not all easy. You know, there are a lot of difficulties in being a singer. For an example, it's like, and I know this may sound petty, but I know that girls will understand this. You get your hair, you're doing your hair, you're doing your makeup, you get dressed up, you're going out to a gig, it's pouring rain. Yeah. You get to the gig, there's no parking. You have to park five blocks away. And when you get out, out there on stage, everybody expects you to look beautiful like you just came out of a salon. That seems like minimalizing it by saying that. But when I leave for a gig, I can't get out on stage and look like a drowned rat. Right. It's, it's important. My clients expect me to show up looking amazing, looking like, uh, you know, just like I said, like I just got out of a salon and I'm ready to do the job. So there's a lot of stresses that happen, mm -hmm. things that are thrown your way that you're not expecting. Mm -hmm. And that's why I say with, for everyone, always get experience wherever you can with whatever you're doing. If it takes you going out and doing it as an intern, do it because you need that experience to be able to handle it on your own. Absolutely. Let's look at, uh, you know, initially getting with a couple and deciding, you know, what's going to make for a great experience for them, what's going to make for a fun reception, what things do you, um, what questions do you ask them and what things do you feel need to be put in place so that everybody can have a good time and the couple can, you know, kind of get the experience that they want to have? Well, the first thing I do with anyone that calls me is I always get, ask them what they want mm -hmm. because everyone's so very different and I'm somewhat of a chameleon that I can adapt you know, as a singer, you want to be able to, if you want the best of both worlds or put yourself in a great position as a singer, you should really be able to sing everything. Mm -hmm. The oldies and everything that's on the radio now and everything in between. Mm -hmm. So when a client calls me, what do you want? What are you looking for? What kind of vibe? Do you want a high energy? And through those conversations, you will get an idea of everything that they want. And as well, they get to know you they hear your passion, they hear that you're knowledgeable and you love what you do. And anytime you're self-employed, mm -hmm. if you have the opportunity to have people understand that you love what you do, there's something about that. Even for me, when somebody says, I just love doing this, I'm excited for them. I wanna know more about them. I wanna know what's bringing them joy. Mm -hmm. And I wanna, you know, that's like fuel and energy for human race, and I love that. Yeah. Um, so that's the first thing I ask, you know, what are what is the wedding couple looking for? Mm -hmm. And then once I find what they're looking for, I think of all of the different ways and all the different resources of how I can give them a visual of that and how I can set the scene for them of what it is that it would be like for them if they did hire me. Mm. And through that conversation, you make a friend, you make a, you bring somebody confidence in their day and they bring you confidence by finding out what it is that they want. And right then from that conversation, everybody walks away from it feeling something. Mm -hmm. Either they're going to feel like, wow, I really like that she loves what she do. She's passionate about it. That must mean she cares about it. Mm -hmm. 
And I can walk away from it saying, I understand what they wanted. Here's their top five priorities. I can do that. And we are a match. Yeah. And that's what you're looking for with anything from a date from a job interview, yeah. you always want to make sure that there's a match mm -hmm. and that you can have actually service this person. If you can't, it's a really great idea for you to be honest and say, I'm just not the person that the band or the singer for you. You'll get more respect out of them for that than going and doing something you're just simply not able to do. Absolutely. And I think mm -hmm. it's just showing some empathy, you know, for the people that you're working with and for, you know, um, you're looking at this as a real business and you're looking at them as clients and you want to make sure that um, you can give them the best. You've got something oh, yeah. for them, you know? So I think that's wonderful. I don't, you know, and I don't think that that's the approach often. Generally it's just, okay, great. I got a gig, here's some money and let me find some people and we'll just slap something together. And, you know, I, that's no way to like, you know, treat a wedding, you know, it's, it's somebody's important day. And I think you should definitely have respect for it. And if I, I'd like to add something to that too, Absolutely. is if you are looking to be a working singer, you have to be a business person. Mm. And see, my naivete when I started this is I thought, oh, I'll have a band, we'll be friends, and I'm just going to go sing. But no, I needed business. I needed sales strategy. I needed marketing. I needed you know tools. I needed of resources to be able to do that and all of a sudden the bubble was bursted and I was like wow this is going to be hard work I have a lot of people that I need to take care of I need to keep track of my clients and when they give me information I have to keep that somewhere you know what songs they want me to do I need to keep track of that information I need to keep track of the location the balance of how much they owe I have to keep track of making sure work is coming in I have to keep track of the band members and make sure they have the songs that they need to learn and that they have the time and location that is the business part of this. And it you're not going to escape that. Mm. If you are a musician that feels I'm just going to go get a gig, I'm going to get paid and go home, you're going to be disappointed mm. because you're not going to sustain or maintain, for that matter, a career if you're not paying attention to the business side of it. Mm. Musicians, are you have to be a business person. And in a perfect world, I wouldn't do any part of the business. It's honestly not my favorite part. Mm. Anybody would tell you that. If you're a musician and you love music, that's what you love first and foremost. Mm. But you're going to have to bend your nail backwards and know that you're gonna to have to do the business part. And if you are not able to do the business part, you're better off being a contractor and work for someone else in the music business that will go and hustle that work for you. And that's also an option for your podcast listeners. Mm. You know, as a singer, you can have an agent and that agent can go and tell you where you're going to work or you can do it yourself. Again, it's being resourceful as a singer to say, okay, how am I going to do this? What do I want? Do I want to make an entire living and support myself full time? Or do I want to do something else and do this on the side? That's going to give you some answers too. Mm -hmm. You know, me, I wanted to be able to fully live full time, not have to worry about a day job or anything else. So I knew I needed to get my business portion really solid because the clients don't want to think I'm unorganized. They don't want to call me and have me say, oh, hold on, let me find that paper you sent me a month ago. Yeah. No, I got to be able to click a button pull that information up, have a conversation with my client so that they walk away saying, wow, she really knew what we talked about last time. She was really up to date on everything that's going on. And they're going to walk away feeling confident. The end result of all of that is the referrals. That client's going to tell 10 people how great you were to work with, how professional you were, and your business will continue to grow. See, that's the key. You can't think of this one job and this one client. If I thought of the wedding as this one wedding and well, the wedding's going on. Well, what do I care? 
I'm never going to see these people again. I guarantee you my business is going to fold and I guarantee you I will not have longevity. Because when I go out to these jobs, I put my business cards out and I watch those cards. I want to make sure that people love that band so much mm. that they're coming up and they're taking those cards. That's an indicator to me that more work is going to come in. And I always express that to the band as well. Hey, look, you want to see people respond. You, we are here to give them a feeling, an emotion, to contribute to the atmosphere. And if we've done that right, those cards are going to go and the phone calls are going to come in the next week, mm. two weeks later. I saw you. I want you for my cousin's wedding, my sister's wedding, brother's wedding. Awesome. And that is, in a sentence, how I created my entire business. Mm. I don't advertise. Mm. I don't really have um, advertisements all over on wedding websites. I don't have it. I chose to create a tribe, to create a family, and I always call it F-A-N-I-L-Y, a family of people that love the band and say, I have to have that band just through word of mouth and by experience. Mm. It speaks more to someone when somebody says, Hey, this band is great rather than any advertising you spend money on. Absolutely. Word of mouth is king. It is so important. Yeah. So knowing that word of mouth was so important, I figured, great, I will capitalize on that. The band is going to be great. And now we've done five weddings for the sister. We've done some weddings. We've 10 family members that we've done. And now what a beautiful thing, because now when we walk through the door, they're confident. They know we're going to be great. And they're excited about us showing up. They know that everything's taken care of. And they're even more excited to give out that the number of the band to 10 more people. Yeah, abs I love it. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you this, because this comes up a lot um, amongst singers. Mm -hmm. um, do you have a standard contract that you've drawn up that you give to your couples that you work with? Yes. I don't ever walk out the door for anything, anywhere, for anyone without something in writing. Mm. And that's really important to know. And it has nothing to do with doubting someone or, right. or being a pessimist. It has to do with you as a singer having peace of mind that you're going to go out and do the job. For an example, uh, there's nothing in writing. The guy says to you, the show's going to be at seven o'clock. And during the week, he's like, yeah, well, the ceremony might run a little late. Um, and you say, okay, I'll be there seven o'clock as agreed. Well, now you get there and the ceremony runs late. Now you're starting at 7.30. You know what's going to happen? Your band members are going to say, but I'm being paid from seven o'clock to you know four hours. Mm -hmm. I don't want to pay stay extra time and not get paid for it. And now you as a band leader, you have a major problem on your hands. Mm. You are responsible for the happiness of your band. If you haven't done that, you failed them. Mm. I, take very, I take that very seriously. So what do I do is if somebody, you know, about their time, I send a simple amendment that says, as per our discussion, your time has changed from 7 to 11. The band will show up X time and just send me an email confirmation back that you received it. Even something in writing, mm. something, something, something. You must have it. Also, sometimes I'll do like a little solo gig and what if people forget about it? You have to put something in writing and it's always a very good, 100% good practice a few days before. Hey, just confirming, we have the time as uh, 7 to 11, we're gonna be at this location, we're gonna load in this way. Because now you can turn to your band and say, I've confirmed everything. Mm. Here's the load in, here's the information, here's the client's name. Now the band says, wow, what a great band leader to work for. I knew all the information. I didn't have to chase this band leader for three weeks to find out mm. any information. Yeah. They feel great about the job. The client feels great that I confirmed everything and they know where I'm gonna be. And I, as a singer, I just have to worry about getting myself there. 
I'm not worrying about, wow, maybe it's a gray area. I don't know. Mm. You don't want gray areas. In show business, have as few as possible. Yeah. So getting back to your question, always have a contract. And it doesn't have to be a real long-winded contract. I don't have any fine print. I don't have a second page on my contract. It's very simple. What, where, why? You know, that we're going to a wedding. This is how many people are showing up. This is the time. Mm -hmm. And then in the contract, you're going to want to put provisions. For example, you want to make sure that you have how much is being paid. Right. You're going to want to have a, a, something in there that says, um, you know, how many electrical outlets you need. Like whatever you absolutely need to have mm -hmm. goes in that contract. And keep it simple. And that's it. It's just an agreement that's acknowledging what we need to do. So having to get a lawyer and all that, I don't think is necessary. Mm -hmm. As long as you and the person have both signed it, right. the contract, it's binding, and that's it. You don't have to get very detail-oriented with second pages and what-ifs and stuff like that. Because I think, too, I think clients are kind of turned off by that. Mm -hmm. I think that when they see my contract, that's one page. It's all there. There's no fine print. That's great. They feel like, oh, there's nothing I need to investigate about this contract. I don't feel like anything about this contract is suspicious because it's just short and sweet. People like that. So I would just say, yes, always get something in writing, even if it's just an email and they confirm that email. Always, always, always. As a singer, and again, I'm going to go back to the point I made before about operating this like a business. Yeah. This is no longer I just like to sing. This is I am a singer and I'm going to turn this into a lucrative, thriving, vital business for myself and for my life. And how do I do that? I have to have these things in a row. And as a singer, if you're doing one job, okay, well, that's one thing. Maybe if you didn't sign a paper and it was a friend of yours, I'd still sign a paper. Mm -hmm. But when you get to the point, like I am do 100, 200 shows a year, you're not going to be able to keep track of that. You're going to absolutely have to keep that in writing. Yeah. So all the more reason from the very beginning to put everything in writing so you never run into an issue getting, like for an example, this year I have two grooms named Brian Frank. Well, what's the chances of that? Yeah. I have two clients named Brian Frank. Well, I need to keep track of that. You can't make a mistake and have the wrong Brian Frank's information shared with the wrong Brian Frank. Oh, Again, you know, being a detailed business person, whether you want to do that or not, yeah. you have to. Yeah. If you're going to do it right. Absolutely. And you want to do it right. So, oh, yeah. Um, so what is fair pay um, for doing a wedding? It'll depend on where the wedding is. Wedding prices are so different all over the world. Something from Texas to New York City, you may pay three times more in New York City than you pay in Texas. Right. Uh, south, you know, they'll pay even less than they would in Texas. That's a real tough question to answer because mm -hmm. it really runs. And the reason for that is, is New York City insurance is more expensive. Mm -hmm. New York City parking is very expensive. The tolls getting to New York City are very, very expensive. Mm -hmm. Parking your car in New York City could cost you $50. So, of course, you're going to charge more because your expense just to run the business and get all the band members in New York City is going to be more. Wow. Whereas if you're going to have something in the backyard and it's, you know, mm. It's just going to be different. That's a really, really tough question to answer. Yeah. But I will tell you this, is that you, you, you don't want to pay just a little um, because you really are going to get what you pay for. And that's a tough sentence to say because some people are greedy and going to charge more. So let me just expand a little bit on that. Mm -hmm. If somebody is a working professional and they are running their career like a business, they're going to 
can charge as such. If somebody gives you a price of, let's just say, $100 for something, I'd be more suspicious of the person with the low price. Mm -hmm. Why would they be so less inexpensive? Right. Don't they have business expenses? Don't they have things that they need to take care of? That would alarm me. Yeah. So I'm looking to find out, like for an example, to answer your question, if I was a bride and, or, or anyone trying to outsource something that they're trying to pay for, mm -hmm. social media is the king. You go onto social media and say, I'm looking for a band. And how much did you pay? If you're in New Jersey or if you're in California, hey, how much? Your friends will be more than happy mm -hmm. to tell you. People love to help. And, you know, social media, you have 100 comments on there. I use this person. This is how much they were. Yeah. And now you can get a gauge for where you live, how much it should cost in your area. Mm -hmm. That's where I would start if I was trying to find how, how much something was. I would make a social media post mm -hmm. and say, I'm looking to do an event in this area. How much have you paid before? And everybody will be, you'll have plenty of comments. You'll have plenty of referrals uh, right from there. So true. Absolutely. People love to help. Yeah. Um, That's where I would start for sure. And let me ask you about promo materials because you have really great ones. Your website looks great. And especially the video, your video looks really wonderful. Thank you so much. So how did you get yours together, get it organized and get it looking so good? Again, the chameleon, I did it all. I did the website. I did all my videos. I did all of the marketing materials that you see. And I didn't pay for anything. Wow. You know, that was the beauty of it is again, you know, when I say resourceful, this is part of that definition is okay. I'm a band leader. I need a marketing tool. Mm -hmm. If I go to somebody, it's going to cost me a couple of thousand dollars, maybe $10,000 to make a video. Mm -hmm. uh, it's going to cost me thousands to make a website. How do I do this? Okay, you get out a piece of paper and you're going to write, what do I need to do to get this going? Okay, I'm going to need to have um, a website. I'm going to need to have social media. And you make a list, okay? And then you're going to want to go and expand on, on those things to get yourself out there, to have yourself, you know, so being resourceful, knowing I needed a website, knowing I needed a video, what I did was I filmed the band in various situations as we were doing our performances. I put all that footage on my iPhone. I had a recording of the band. I put the two of them together and I made that video. It took me three months. You did it all with an iPhone? All of it, yep. Well, I didn't do the editing with the iPhone. I actually did the editing on my computer in... Um, what was it called? Cloud. I forget what it's called. I, I can look and get back to you on that. And if yeah. your listeners want to know, they can ask one of us. But um, yeah, maybe I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, I, I did it all myself. And here's the thing. And I'm so glad that you like it because yeah. it was like, that was me putting together something that was speaking for what I've created, right? And again, it goes back to that passion. It took me three months to make the darn thing. But as I was making it, I knew I was making something that was going to deliver my message. Mm. It's very difficult to say to someone else, could you tell someone else about my business? Could you tell them what I do great? Would yeah. you do me a favor and tell that person how I market myself? That person would never do a good job as you do. And... A, I was trying to save money, and B, I knew that I could do it if I applied myself to it, 
And I did. Like I said, it took three months to do the video. It took a while to make the website. But there's so many free resources out there in the world. There are, I think, seven or eight places where you can make a free website. And you can use that to market yourself. And you don't need to pay. So if you want to be a full-time singer and start off with a low or zero investment, I really, truly believe that it can be done. Now, here's another thing I do. During the day, I go out and I sing at rehabilitation hospitals. I sing at memory care centers for people with Alzheimer's and dementia. And I do sort of a music therapy. I'm not a therapist. I'm not certified. But music, bringing this music and singing these songs that bring them back and make them feel something or bring them a memory or, you know, bring them this energetic feeling of life again, you know, when this music is surrounding them. So that's a show I do. It's one hour during the day. That's a whole nother different area of the business for me. So as a singer, you do a little bit of this, you do a little bit of that, and then it just combines into a whole entire lifestyle. So on the weekends, I'm singing at weddings. During the day, I'll sing at hospitals. At night, I do recording sessions. I do my podcast. I'll go sing at different shows or do a concert. And that's how you've, I've created the life. I'm having who needs me? Where, where, where else can I do this? Wow. There's so many opportunities for singers. There's singers for funerals. There's singers for the church. There's singers that do voiceovers. There's TV commercials. There's bands. There's, there's so many opportunities. You just have to think about what suits you. What do you feel? What environment suits you? Now, mm. a friend of mine she would never want to do a wedding. She would never want to be in a wedding band. She hates getting dressed up. She doesn't like it. Her, she wants to be in like a cool jeans and a cool shirt and get out with her guitar and sing. And I love that. That's cool. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. So if she was in my band, she wouldn't thrive. And if I was in her situation, I wouldn't thrive. Yeah. As a singer, you really need to find, well, what's going to make the most sense for me? And identify that and then stop at nothing to get it. When I started this band... I shouldn't have been able to succeed. I was very young. Everybody I hired was older than me. Every place I worked, the major D was twice my age. I was, you know, really didn't know much. I did work in bands for about five years before I started my own band, but this was my first, mm-hmm. you know, thing I did on my own. Um, but again, again and again, it's just loving what I do and trying to keep it going. I had to invest in the PA, I had to get the speakers, you know, the, the board, the wires. Right. It took me a while to pay that off. But I just knew that if I didn't give up, it was going to work because I saw other people do it. So why couldn't it happen for me? And I just focused on it every darn day until it happened. I wasn't going to give up. And everybody in the band knew that I wasn't going to give up. If you have an attitude of, I don't care what it takes, I'm going to do it, you will do it. You will find a way to do it. I guarantee you will. Ugh, April, I love everything you just said. So just last bit of practical advice for um, a singer thinking of herself as a business, new singer, or even someone who is uh, been doing it for a while, but it's looking for more avenues. What's your advice for them? Okay, so I'm a new singer and I've decided, I just decided today that I want to be a singer. I would get out a piece of paper and I would write down, how do I see myself a year from now? Do I see myself on a big stage in an opera house? Do I see myself in Nashville in a cool honky-tonk with a band? Do I see myself at a wedding on the East Coast? 
Do I see myself singing at a church? That you need to identify first and foremost. What do I resonate with and where do I feel my path may be? Okay. Once I identify that, okay, now you're going to want to make a path. And that would be like five different conversations, but just to keep it simple, like let's just say I wanted to be, uh, I wanted to sing in a church. I wanted to sing at funerals and I wanted to sing at weddings in the church. I would go and I'd make a list of all the churches. I'd make, I'd call every one of them. I tell them I'm a singer. I'd love to get in. And since I'm new, I'd say, may I come and observe? Can I come and see what it's all about? I'm thinking of doing this. I don't think there's a single person that would tell you no. You're not charging them anything. You're just going to go observe. Mm -hmm. And now go and see. Do you like it? Does it resonate with you? Does it feel good for you to be there? Do you picture yourself taking that singer off the stage and putting yourself up there right now? You're so excited that you want to do it. If you have all those feelings about it, that's a path for you. Yeah. You, you know, it's like, or, or you may say, nah, I don't know. It seems a little boring or it's a little depressing. I, nah, I got to do something else. Now try something else. So once you've made that, you make a list, write down some options that resonate with you and now discover them. If you decide I want to be a demo singer, go to a recording studio, sit down with that person, see what their day is like, see what it's like, mm. fact, find, become resourceful of what it is you want to do. Find out what it's going to entail. Because again, people think, oh, I want to be a pop star. You may not like that. You may not like not being able to go to the food store anymore or walk out of your house without makeup on. You may say, oh, I just no way I'm going to be able to deal with that. You need to have a really good stern talk with yourself about your expectations for you how hard you want to work and what you want to do with it. Let's just say you want to start a band. When you make that list, you're going to say, okay, I want to be in a band and I want to go out and sing at weddings and clubs. Go out to the clubs, talk to the bands, go to a catering hall and say, hey, would you mind if I stop by Saturday and watch? Call up bands, go on the internet and just take their numbers and say, I'm a singer. I've had people do this to me. I've had singers call me and say, I'm looking to get into it. And I, I'm all about spending the time to help them because that's just somebody else that's going to come into the business and make it brighter and better, especially if they're passionate about it. Mm. And I would talk to them and say, this is what it took for me. This is what it's about. Why don't you come to our job that we have on Saturday and see what it's all about? And now that person can make a decision for themselves. Yeah, this felt right or no. I don't want to deal with brides. That's way too stressful. You know, when you do weddings, you have one day to do it right. You're going to sing their wedding song one time. There's yeah. no redos. There's no retakes. Yeah. It's, it takes a certain kind of person to put themselves on that hot, hot pressure. You know what I mean? Where other people may say, nah. I don't want to do that. So going out and discovering these options are going to help you understand to make that decision for yourself of, I want to be a singer. And now what? Now you discover that. So now let's just say you go and you speak to these people and you see what it's like to sing in a band and in, or you see what it's like to sing in a church. Mm -hmm. Now these people, now you've actually done yourself a service because now there's people in the industry that know about you. Absolutely. There's people in the industry that know you're interested in it. I bet you those people that you talk to will be happy to take you on as an intern and they'll be happy to show you what's going on. Or everybody, uh, I know a million band leaders and I could say, Hey, you know, this band is looking for a singer. Why don't you train with them? And your doors will start to open and your, your mind will open and you will begin to find your career path ahead of you and you will begin to now really cultivate it into the very strong, doable path I love and you'll get there.
Yeah, I love that. I And I also think that is a great approach to take. Maybe you've been singing a while and there's some aspect that you haven't tried yet. Yeah. You, know, you can go, just go and, and speak to people and just connect, communicate, you know, because it's so easy to get um, bogged down in one thing and look at something else and be like, oh, I can never do that or, or you know, be negative about it. And there's a lot of people that will say, oh, you know, being a wedding singer, that there's like the stigma about it. But you know what? I love what I do. I am so happy with what I do. You're not going to worry about what anybody says. Like when I decided to stop my recording contract, I can't tell you how many people said, what are you, crazy? Yeah. But I wasn't happy. Yeah. I was not happy. I was never home. I had one month I'd make a lot of money, then I'd make no money, then I'd make no money, then I'd make money, then... I never knew which way was flying, whether I was on a plane, not on a plane. Hey, yeah. some people thrive under that. Some people, they're going to like, their life is going to take off when they live that kind of life. But for me, with my fact finding, it just wasn't going to suit me long-term. And if you're going to be a singer long-term, you need to find something that suits you, that you can see yourself doing 10, 20 years from now, yeah. and that you're going to still love doing. But okay, like you said before, let's just say you're a singer and you want to change gears. You can change gears anytime you want. I started doing singing at the hospitals and for Alzheimer's and memory impaired patients and rehabilitation hospitals just a few years ago mm -hmm. because I heard about it. I was volunteering for this organization that went to hospitals and I was like, wow, I really love that. And I saw people doing it. I asked questions. I asked this guy and then he was doing it. And then he introduced me to his agent. And then I talked to the agent. She we talked about how I would do it, and then I knew what she expected, and then she booked me on work, and then there you go, two years, three years later, I'm still doing it. Amazing. Again, it was just being resourceful, asking questions, who else does this, I really like this, this is resonating with me, and you will find, with your passion will carry you to yeah. find your path. Yeah, absolutely, that is beautiful. All Thank right, you. Thank you so much. Thank you. You're welcome. So much great information. I think this is going to be really inspiring for singers, old and new. <laughs> yes. You know. And, I, and yeah, and that, and to be it all inclusive, that you know, no matter what age you are, the music industry is not just for twenty-year-olds. It's yes. not just for little, you know, the the girls that have all the maybe the the criteria that you know social media may want you to have. The world is changing. It's changing so very much. No matter who you are, no matter what you're, you know, where from, where you are from the world, no matter what you look like, it doesn't matter. Mm. It's about your voice. Your voice is what's going to matter. And the way that you run your business is going to matter just as much. You can have a great voice and run your business in a terrible way where people feel like they can never understand you, yeah. get you on the phone or get a return phone call, and your voice isn't going to make a difference. Nobody's going to hire you. Yeah. Make sure that you have your own two-pronged approach to yourself, that you're going to have a you know, great voice, have it at the best shape you can and maintain it, take care of it. And also make sure that you have your business stuff together, that you know what you're doing and you have a basic plan. And, you know, if anybody has any questions, feel free to reach out to me. I'm always yeah. available and I love helping. So. And where again can we find you? Um, I guess April Kelly music is, you know, the one that's probably the most general. And then April Kelly music at gmail.com, you can email me as well. And you can reach me through any of my websites. I'm happy to, if somebody sends me a message and has a question, uh, please do so. I've been there and I will help you if I can. Wonderful, April. This was beautiful. Thank you so much. You are very welcome. Have a wonderful day. And if you need me again, be sure to give me a call. I'll hop right back on and we'll talk about something else. 
Uh, so much wonderful stuff, you guys. I really, really hope you enjoyed that. Whether you um, have a wedding band or you do not, I think there is so much rich information here. So much great advice from somebody who is has been doing it for a really long time and has seen it all and um, has tons of wisdom to impart. So I'm going to get into the singing lessons right now. Um, and these are my my takeaways from the conversation. Maybe you have some um, that are different. Please, you know, DM me on Instagram. Let me know what they are. Um, I would love to talk to you about it. Number one, when you're booking a wedding gig, ask the couple what they're looking for and how they envision their day. Be honest with yourself and the couple about whether or not your band is the right fit for that particular gig. Number two, have your agreement in writing so that everyone knows what to expect. It can be a simple one-page document that outlines the details for the day or even an email confirmation that does the same. It will create peace of mind for the couple and for you as a band leader. Number three, as a leader, you are responsible for the happiness of the band. Make sure you know ahead of time about pay, meals, parking, load-in, sound, sound check, um, I'm just throwing that in, um, electrical outlets, etc. All of these things will keep things smooth for you and the band on the day of the event. Number four, when trying to decide what to charge for your service, you have to consider what all of your expenses will be. Location of the wedding also makes a difference. It's a good idea to ask around to see what other couples spent or what other band leaders charged. Number five, make a promo video or get one made that delivers your message. Also, if you're making your own promo video, I found out from April that she uh, edits hers in Adobe Cloud. Number six, you need to have a wide range of music that you can perform. Number seven, invest in a PA system. Number eight, reach out to someone who has a successful wedding band and ask to shadow them for the day. Number nine, if you are looking to be a working singer, you have to be professional. You can't escape that part. Number 10, at your gig, put out business cards for people to take. Number 11, when you perform at a couple's reception, you have one opportunity to do it right. Decide if you're a person who can handle that kind of pressure. Number 12, your great voice won't matter if you do business poorly. Number 13, make sure you have a two-pronged approach. You have your business together and you have a voice that is in great shape. Number 14, the end results of a professional approach are referrals. So guys, all of that advice uh, is included on a cheat sheet that you can download at the theworkingsingerpodcast.com blog. So go there, you can easily download it, and it's just another resource for you. So guys, I really, really, again, I hope you enjoyed that. You know, one other thing about um, uh, deciding whether or not you're the right person for somebody's gig, somebody's event, it's not a bad thing to just have other bands in your pocket who you know, who you can refer. Um, I think it's a much better look to refer a great band or a great DJ than it is to take on a gig that you know is all wrong for you um that's just not good it's just not a good thing <laughs> to do that so if you you know whether you're doing you, you get asked to do a session maybe that is um you know out of your depth but you know somebody who does that thing really well 
it is uh, always a much better look, I think, in the long run to just refer them to somebody um, who can do that job, you know, and it's I think it's better for your psyche. And, you know, then you're not just working for money. You're, you're attracting things that are right for you, I think. And don't get me wrong, money's good and we all need it to live. That's just how life is. But, you know, you want to be doing uh you want to be operating intentionally. You know, you want to take um, jobs, and especially something like this, you want to do it if you are in it with your whole heart. You know, it is somebody's special day. We should have respect for it. You know, it's the best day of their life. It's the best day of their family's life. And it's a fun thing. You know, it can be a fun thing to do. It's a fun night, but it is a lot of responsibility. And I'll say for myself, I have led a couple of you know, wedding bands in my own uh, in my own life, and um, I would say that I would prefer to just be hired on to somebody's wedding band than I would be to try to lead my own because I think it just takes a certain kind of person, you know, who loves it, who's passionate about it, who wants to be all about the business of it to do it. And, um, you know, so you should make the decision for yourself. And, you know, it took me a couple of, of uh, tries. And, you know, I just thought, uh, that's not really for me. I'd rather just be hire- a hired gun and, you know, pop in, have fun with everybody, sing, get paid, and then go home. And, you know, so you got to decide if that's, um, if that's you, you know. And for me, that is me. So, um, but April is all about it. She is all about business. You know, she has made a name for herself on her coast. Band of Gold is a go-to band. She has um, really established herself um, in that arena. So I think that is really admirable, and I think it takes a really, you know, it's a mark of a really strong uh, mind and the mark of some true professionalism. And again, check out April Kelly's Wedding Amazing podcast. Subscribe, support. It's really wonderful, and it's a fun listen. And I hope you enjoyed that. Thank you so much for listening. Um, visit the WorkingSingerPodcast.com blog um, that has all of the show notes for this show and for all the other shows I've done so far. Um, I try to pack it with as many resources as I can and um, links to anything that we've referenced in any of these conversations will be included in the show notes um, along with the cheat sheets. So get your cheat sheet for this show on the Working Singer Podcast dot com blog as well. Um, Visit me on Instagram, Jamila Ford Music. And what else? Subscribe and comment on Apple Podcasts. It really does help other people to find the podcast, and I want to keep it going for you. Um, That's it. So I love you. I appreciate you. DM me on Instagram, and I will talk to you next week.